lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll No one can see you drinking when you're working from home I still produce reports in a professional font But now when I have downtime I can do what I want and welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that's still waiting for their half a crown from Ebenezer Scrooge. And my name is Larry Wu. And I'm Curtis Withers. Yeah, you would think that Ebenezer, everybody thinks that he uh, turned a page at the end of A Christmas Carol. But no, I have it on good authority that he was still stiffing kids with false promises. <laughs> oh, and happy holidays to our listeners and to you, Curtis. And to you. One thing I, that I, I love about watching uh, Scrooge, uh, Christmas Carol by uh, uh, Charles Dickens, especially the Alice the Sim one, is just the use of the terminology for all the currency at that point in time. It, it just fascinates me. Like we were talking off the top, um, like half a crown. Curtis, you looked it up. Like what, what was the denomination of a half a crown exactly? It was, uh, it was, it was 30 pence. I believe it was uh, two... Two shillings and six pence, or 30 pence, because I guess a shilling was 12, 12 pence, or one-eighth of a pound. The Half Crown was first issued in 1549 in the reign of Edward VI, just uh, just so you know. Okay. And what was that other one that he referred to that was kind of weird? A, a guinea, right? Guinea, yeah. Which was apparently, what, yeah, 20, the- 20 shillings? Yeah, I believe. I, 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 I think believe that's about was. right, right? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, these are all <laughs> just crazy coins that are uh, no longer we, no we longer to... minted. They just we... they they've they've de- it took them till 1971 I think, but they they decimalized their their monetary system so it makes sense. But uh yeah, it used to be all over the place. I I think we need some of that in Canada. We we need like something to denote like 55 cents maybe we'll call it the beeb and the beeb it will we'll we'll come back to that story in a second why (laughs) why 55 cents should be the beeb but uh want to kind of circle back it is our holiday episode so we always do kind of you know festive topics uh, for today Uh, i want to kind of revisit the uh, jane austen topic which seemed to be a very popular uh segment from last uh, episode you're you're mentioning Curtis that you you and Heather have a, a, a Christmas a new Christmas tradition that you guys are 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 uh, adopting these days, right? Yeah, it's every new New Year we will watch the 1995 BBC Pride and Prejudice miniseries, and and that has Colin Firth in it, right? Oh, it most certainly does, Colin <laughs> Firth. Colin Firth is the only Mister Darcy I really know because I I haven't watched any of the other adaptations oh yeah he's the bar yeah i would say like anybody else would be a pale imitation nobody glowers out a window like colin firth (laughs) so um i i was mentioning the other you're you're mentioning uh after the show that uh, you and your some of your buddies were kind of developing a campaign uh, that's in the Jane Austen universe, kind of almost like a D&D tabletop game. And then I introduced you to the card game Marrying Mr. Darcy, which I believe you you need to ask for it for Christmas. Yeah, it sounds like it's really in, in my wheelhouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Marrying Mr. Darcy, it's 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 there's no board. It's uh, all played with cards. It's a very simple, easy-to-learn game. It takes a while to master, but it's totally fun. We have it at the cottage. 
And uh, the idea, like the game's broken up into two parts. There's the uh, initial courtship stage, which is basically earning, uh, basically building up your currency <laughs> as mm-hmm. uh, as 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 a, as a po- possible wife for the the men in the in the world, uh, men in the uh, Pride and Prejudice world. Uh, and then there's like the proposal stage, which is basically you're accumulating a points and then determining who, which suitor that you can. And of course, there's points related or whatnot. But you you play as one of the women in um, mirroring in uh, Pride and Prejudice, and mm-hmm. each of the women has a very specific buff that allows you to take advantage during the gameplay, like during the courtship part of the the the, the gameplay. It is fun. You should uh, totally look into it. Um, it, it, and especially if you're a Jane Austen fan, it's it's you have loads of fun with that. I'm uh, keen to uh, to to unleash my uh, Caroline Bingley on the world. <laughs> yep, yep. One thing I also want to kind of follow up for so the the Jane Austen fans that happen to be listening out here, if it's something that came out, oh boy, I think it's about almost almost ten years ago, maybe less, about eight years ago, and it was. Uh, this old YouTube uh, channel that used to do analysis on classic literature, and it was called Thug Notes. The host was this uh, street gangster-like person who happens to have a PhD. I, I don't know if he really does in real life, but he he does like a, a, a breakdown of the story, and then he does uh, he does a summary of the story, and then he does a breakdown. Uh, almost like a Cole's note. So it's like Cole's notes, but it's like thug notes. If anyone <laughs> remembers Cole's notes, that's probably I'm probably aging myself right there. So it's like a it's like a, a crib notes, right? A, a breakdown summary. So you know, never read or watch Pride and Prejudice. You can watch five minutes of thug notes and learn the street version, which is still extremely accurate. So I I do recommend someone if you're interested looking it up on YouTube. Look up uh, Thug Notes, Pride and Prejudice. You can look up the summary and analysis. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll dare you, Curtis. You watch it, and you'll, you'll say, yep, that's pretty accurate. In fact, yeah. I wish I had that when I had to write my English paper. <laughs> Jane Austen. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking right now. He's got, uh, he's got The Great Gatsby, To Kill a Mockingbird, Macbeth. Lord of the Flies, everything that you're forced to read in uh, high school. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, the holiday is not just uh, obviously restricted to Christmas, but uh, right now we're, I guess we're in the fourth night in uh, in our recording uh, right now of, of Hanukkah. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Dave Grohl and his producer is, is, I think it's their second year doing it, doing something they call the Hanukkah Sessions. Each day they're releasing this, uh, I guess, honoring a Jewish musician by doing a cover in kind of their own style. Mm-hmm. Uh, more YouTube fun for the holidays. See Dave Grohl do Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones. Yeah, it's uh, he's it's uh, it's pretty good. You know, he, he was he was uh, definitely. He's he's definitely uh, cut out for for that song. That's that's in his wheelhouse for sure. Yeah, you know it, it's 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 loads of fun. You should check it out. You know, especially 
if you if you're really bored of Christmas music, which I'm, it's only December one that we're recording this, and I'm already sick and tired of Christmas music. It, like it's just so prevalent everywhere I'm going. Maybe it's because of the lockdown. I feel like I've been at home <laughs> all the time. And I'm controlling my music intake, and then I go to the mall or go to a restaurant or whatever, and it's just like blasting away. Mm-hmm. And, and you were mentioning, and we were gonna talk a bit about. The Beatles get back because how can you not when when you think of annoying Christmas songs? Yeah, McCartney's Christmas time. Yeah, oh. yeah. I think I think the thing that you know you'll you'll pro- probably touch on a little bit with the get back is how quickly Paul McCartney could come up with like a bit of genius, right? When he was when he was with the Beatles, and yet like he managed to shit out quite possibly. <laughs> The worst, like everything that I hate that, that, you know, you're talking about that you hate about, uh, about Christmas music is absolutely like it is personified in wonderful Christmas time. It's <laughs> so like, it just, it just sounds like he's just going through the motions or whatever, but, um, he, he's made like, what was, what was it? It, it was, uh, it was oh, in the, 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 the money, right? Yeah. Yeah. This, it was this is the, amazing. Yeah, it was in it was in the uh, the Wikipedia entry, so it's uh, so you take it with a grain of salt, obviously. Right, right, but still, um, but like he apparently, like from royalties, uh, it's estimated that he makes four hundred thousand dollars a year from that song, which <laughs> which puts it at a cumulative earnings at over fifteen million for that, <laughs> for that. Now you know the only reason. Because like you, you'd be like, I could come up with a song like that. And you can. You absolutely can. Anybody can. It's very easy to, to write that song. <laughs> it's not good. But in order to make 15 millions of it, you also have to be, you know, spend 10 years in the greatest rock and roll band in history. <laughs> to, yeah. To, you know, to give yourself the name that allows you to just puke out a piece of shit and just cash in for the rest of your life. What, what's what's more fantastic, and it probably doesn't get as much airplay or airplay at all because maybe it's just it just doesn't hold up that well. Is the B side to that song because it came out as a single, right? Yes. Um, the B side of that of that of Wonderful Christmas Time is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reggae. I didn't even know that existed I, until until you just said those words right now. <laughs> just hearing the title, it just sounds like a hate crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like part of me wants to listen to it just just like just so that I have you know so I can say yeah I've heard it. But uh, <laughs> there's another part of me that's like maybe it'd be better to go through life without ever hearing it or 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 being flagged by the ceases. <laughs> you're on some kind of watch list now that's just so bad yeah i was kind of going through my christmas playlist and i i think i've mentioned this in a previous christmas episode but my one of my favorite songs is the the hawaiian christmas song mele kele kemaka oh yeah yeah bing crosby Uh, bing crosby does it yeah yeah and i always mess it up but it's mele kele kemaka I don't know how cultural culturally insensitive that is, but you know, her him and the Andrews sisters do a good job. It's catchy. 
it's uh it's it's i enjoy that i enjoy that all the time i, I that's like the first one i queue up my my favorite is and always will be fair tale of new york by the pogues it, i guess it's it, it, i i'm not going to question its christmasiness but yeah you know it, it 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 was a christmas song that they originally thought of and released right yeah i, I, I mean i mean i mean i mean the narrative of the song takes place at christmas yeah yeah but you're the, not like i'm not gonna go to my mom's and put it on <laughs> right next to like her, her bing crosby and and uh you know gene autry singing cowboy christmas albums but um yeah, for me personally it really strikes a chord it, you know it's it's how i picture christmas just drunk and in 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 a drunk tank somewhere in jail. <laughs> uh, another one of my favorites that's always in high rotation in the car is uh, Dominic the Christmas Donkey. Oh, I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> that's that's another good one. You know, it's a it's sung in you know uh, um, uh, Italian American uh, style, like you're from Brooklyn. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Singing yeah. about back home, about this donkey that helps santa deliver gifts through um through the hills of italy yeah that sounds good i'd be up for that and and of course uh also a big fan of run dmc's christmas and hollis oh yeah yeah great video fantastic video yeah yeah that uh that's definitely top of my uh playlist and then like from there it's diminishing returns for me yeah, because this is also, I guess, for for Canadian music wise, this is also the season where Buble comes out of his cave and <laughs> celebrates Christmas, right? It always seems like that's the only time I ever hear Buble songs. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he 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 uh he certainly does. There was a oh um, if you want to see a real, it's got a it's got a video and everything. But a real uh, a real train wreck. It's almost to the point where it's endearing. It's uh, Bob Dylan doing a "Must Be Santa." Oh, oh! What year did he do that? Uh, I mean, at a time when he should have known better. <laughs> Hold on, Curtis. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I, okay, so we'll we'll have to investigate. So put that on your playlist, uh, uh, folks listening at home. Uh, one other song I think uh, should also be on heavy rotation on anyone's Christmas playlist is Randy Bachman's "Taking Care of Christmas." Oh yeah, well you know if you need some CanCon in your uh, in your Christmas rotation. Yep. Yeah, who, no, for who sure. Better, who better than Randy Bachman? Or, or or even Bob and Doug McKenzie, right? Bob and Doug McKenzie, they did what? Twelve Days of Christmas. Yeah, and they changed all the <laughs> they hoser they they hoserized the lyrics so that like you know they're getting like French toast and pack pack of smokes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a another well, I guess if if you are looking for more edgier songs like the Pogues, I think I have two more that you can add to that playlist of edgy Christmas songs. One is off of uh, the Razor's Edge by ACDC, and that's Mistress for Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I know that one. I'm, I'm, I know that one well. Yeah, and also uh, the Ramones uh, with uh, Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight. 
Oh, which okay. is off of their Brain Drain album. Uh, actually, they have all the holidays there because I think that's where that's where um, Pet Cemetery um, is is actually on that album as well. So it covers your Halloween and your Christmas. And there's also that song by from the, the guy, from 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 what I learned from from uh, two Jewish guys. Like, I think <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yes. Uh, I think um, what's the other one? The waiter, the way the 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 waitresses. They have that that one that's really popular too. That uh, it might even be just called "Merry Christmas." Mm, right, right. Uh, big '80s song, right? Big '80s, big huge '80s song, and and kind of has had a bit of a revival. I've been hearing it a lot more over the last couple of years. I like that one too. It's good, uh, mm. but yeah, generally. I realize I, I I kind of came into this segment saying that I really don't like Christmas Christmas music and then just named like ten Christmas songs I like. <laughs> so, well, there. But the thing is, you're that that's ten that you like, but they never get airplay in the mall, or sometimes on on mostly on on CHFI, which is the 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 Christmas station here in Toronto, right? No, you know, I, there, I there only, are some horrible I, I, songs. I only hear Paul McCartney. Like, I don't know, like, if, <laughs> if if I'm sure I hear other ones, but when I get home, I'm like, God damn, I heard that Paul McCartney song all day today. There's there's one song that I can't stand, similar to the McCartney one, is um, I, I I believe it's called Christmas Shoes. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a it's, tearjerker. It's it's the it's sung in first person. Uh, of a little boy whose mom is dying and she's he's asking santa for new shoes for her yeah yeah yep it's a it's kind of like um is it like it's 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 kind of like a countrified type of you know sort of Uh, yeah 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 i that that would that would probably be the best way it's like Country yeah. music meets Christmas Carol. What about these shoes for my mother, please? Or something like that. I yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, there, there, it, uh, yeah, there's a lot. Of, like we're talking. Yeah, let's let's do another take. Uh, more intensity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really want. Yeah, it's very overwrought, like extremely overwrought. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's another way I hear that sometimes, right? Like. You know, I don't. And then you want, yeah. And then you question the Christmasness of the of the actual song. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you? It doesn't. Hall and Oates must have a a Christmas song out there. Oh, they do. They do a cover of. uh, They do a cover of Jingle Bell Rock, and it's got a and it's got a really funny video where they're really like hamming it up in the video. Yeah, like you know, giving each other presents and acting like shock surprised and stuff. It's pretty good. Oh, I gotta love those old videos that are like that. Did you? This uh, is a side musical history note. Did you ever? Do you know the story of how the two met? Holland Oates. Yeah, Daryl Holland, John Oates. No, no idea. I, 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 I maybe I'll just kind of generalize it. But apparently, I guess they were they met in college. I think or high. I think it was college. And I guess there was a school shooting and there was a lockdown, and they both ran into the same broom closet. Oh wow! And so they, I guess they spent like an hour together, just kind of chit chatting, and realized they had a lot of common interests. <laughs> hey, you're a musician. I'm a musician, and the rest that is, is history. the most American band forming story I've ever heard. <laughs> I know, right? Jeez. 
<laughs> all right so like how, uh, I'm, how would you like it if like i was like so the looks and the brains behind the band but you still got to have equal billing and <laughs> and, had, and and had a funny mustache yeah i'm down I'm you, you, you mean you, you mean like uh simon and garfunkel <laughs> yeah it, it was uh yeah Garf, garfunkel garfunkel and oats yep Two, uh, two famous uh two famous second bananas <laughs> all right curtis so this is the the holiday season i thought i'd bring back this segment for the for the holiday this is the christmas edition of dead or alive we need all a theme right. song for that segment but uh are you ready oh yeah yeah so i have a person in the genres that we've done in the past movies tv music and wrestling and all you have to do curtis is just say whether or not they are still alive and with us today so for the movie one uh i picked someone from the movie elf he plays the father of buddy the elf bob newhart he was on an he was on Conan O'Brien needs a friend podcast recently, so I'm going to say he's alive. Oh, that, you, you, yes, he is. He's 89. Still, still, still cracking us up. Still cracking us. I, I don't know if any of his old stand-up still stands up today. I, <laughs> it, might depends get how, it depends how deadpan you like your stand-up. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So on the TV genre, he is the child actor and he was the voice of Charlie Brown in the um, Charlie Brown Christmas. Actually, I think he was actually like the first Charlie Brown because I think that might have been the first Charlie Brown adaptation to animation, like live animation from comic was the Christmas um, uh, special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, he's the, he was the voice of Charlie Brown, Peter Robbins. Mm. Now, you got to think about how old that was and whether or not he was really a child back then. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't heard. Uh, he hasn't been on Conan O'Brien lately, so I'm going to say he's dead. Uh, he is not dead. He is alive, though. Oh. He did get in serious trouble with the law, I guess. Uh, I guess about five or six years ago. I think he 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 was on charges uh, of uh, threatening his girlfriend or something like that. Wow. Charlie that Brown. Doesn't, that doesn't seem like Charlie. She, she must have pulled the football away one too many times or charged yeah. too much for her advice. I'm just assuming that his girlfriend is essentially Lucy. Is essentially Lucy, yeah. Okay, for music, I, I did bring a uh, some CanCon into this. So uh, I don't know if she... she I, I kind of think she would do... She probably has a Christmas album or two out there. Is Anne Murray. Anne Murray's alive still. Anne Murray is still alive. Yeah, yeah. Canada's Canadian treasure, Anne Murray. I, I think I saw her recently on something on CBC. I don't know if it was the Gord Downey tribute show or whatever, but she looks great. This <laughs> yeah. is like, geez, she yeah. didn't look any. She looked like she did, you know, in the eighties, nineties. Yeah, yeah. Okay, in wrestling, this one's probably a pretty easy one. But in nineteen eighty nine, he played Santa. On it wouldn't have been Raw, but I guess it would have been WWF's main event or something uh, during that year. Uh, he was color commentator next to Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Bobby the Brain Heenan sadly uh, is dead. 
yeah, he passed away in what, 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the wrestling one was tough because I th- because everyone who plays Santa is usually a jobber in the independence <laughs> in the area that you know you would usually eat a stunner or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or 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 get insulted by the Rock or or whatever. I I, I couldn't find you know a, a wrestler per se that actually played like Santa, other than like like Gold Dust doing something creepy in a Santa costume to Booker T or something. Al Snow must have played Santa at some point. Uh, I'm sure, and, and but again, that that's he's a young guy, so that that one yeah. would have been a too too easy. Well, young young guys die in wrestling all the time. Oh, uh, that's true. In the Santa <laughs> costume, though, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I, I, you know, that's uh, three for four. So so overall, I'm ten of twelve. Yeah, yeah. No. So what was the one that that stumped you? Was it uh, was it Eddie Money? Was the other one that stumped you? Right. Yeah, Eddie Money. I think I thought he was still alive and he was dead because it was the halloween one where that's right that's right that's that's right and i didn't catch i, I didn't twig you, yeah you you could you could have just kind of you know thought halloween well he's gonna pick everybody dead but, yeah uh, good job good job another 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 good one for and you it's there, conan o'brien for having bob newhart on recently oh that 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 i wasn't expecting that i i, I should have known but i should have seen to check to see if he was on anywhere um lately just to see if he can fool you because i that one bob newhart would have been like a tricky one if he didn't do that podcast it would be one of those ones where oh good question mm-hmm. uh, i think it would have been pretty tricky yeah it'd but, be like i haven't heard from him in a while um but yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah, us, us gingers, me and Conan, you know, like we got to stick together. <laughs> yep. Okay, let's on to the headlines. A new epidemic is raging through Springfield, and this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus sandwich. So this first headline is an interesting one because uh, this circles around to our Bieber currency. So why did I say 55 cents? Because I think 55 cents is the cost of a uh, Tim Hortons uh, Timbit. Uh, an individual one, I think, but, um, Justin, um, fans are going, fans, the headline reads fans frenzy over Tim Horton's newly dropped Justin Bieber merchandise. So he's doing this collaboration with Tim Horton's. Mm -hmm. They have three, three Timbit flavors or what I'm calling Bieber balls. Uh, the superior name, the superior name to whatever they're, they're, calling it but Tim i refuse Bieber. to call it i refuse to call it by that it's bieber balls <laughs> so he's got three bieber balls and some pretty you know i guess young people merch he's got it like a toque a fanny pack a specially branded timbit box and i think a bag like a with the old school tim hortons logo i don't know if they, do they still use that logo um yeah i think i think so they they, yeah. haven't, they haven't changed that up too much but otherwise, it's merch, and and it's like geared towards folks not sitting in the Tim Hortons and Timmins. Yeah, the, uh, the well, the thing is, I think they're trying to have it both ways, Larry. Because while it is while it is Bieber merch, um, that fanny pack, the fanny pack, you have to see the fanny pack. It is corduroy and brown. So I think that you know you you're. Your 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 standard Tim Hortons um, frequenter in Timmins m- might would appreciate 
the aesthetics. What do you mean them? I appreciate the aesthetic. I, I, <laughs> I I'm a bit, I'm a huge fan of the fanny pack. I, 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 I have. I have like this sh- small sold- shoulder satchel, which I guess could be a fanny pack, but it's just it's not meant to be worn that way. But you know, mm. I'm, I'm a big fan of of uh, of that kind of carrying device. But yeah, the the fanny pack looks great. The uh, if you like the logo of the Tim Beebs or um, the Toque might interest you. But yeah, I think the fanny pack is definitely the the winner, especially the fact that it is corduroy. Yeah, it's it's brown fact alone. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious. I I I I quite like the toque. I think I would if 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 somebody bought me that toque for Christmas. I don't know if uh, I don't know if my wife Heather Smith is listening or not, but uh, I would definitely wear it. <laughs> okay, but but let's let's talk about the Bieber balls themselves. So, uh, one flavor is birthday cake waffle Mm -hmm. i I don't know if that is uh, those two things go together like you kind of think i assume birthday cake meaning there's like a whole bunch of the like anything that's birthday cake flavor it's just it it's that let's throw all these little um bits of coloring inside very sweet vanilla cake right yeah yeah that's that's essentially the that's essentially the modus operandi when you're yeah yeah but but I don't understand the waffle part which is it is it a waffle or is it a donut I I, don't, I guess I don't know is it supposed to taste like syrupy or uh I don't know <laughs> I, I again lost opportunity because this story this broke out this week anyways and I was thinking if we were on the ball we we would have gone out and got some Bieber balls for the show and yeah, actually did a tasting exactly missed opportunity next time maybe next time when uh, I don't know what are they going to do a collab with next Drake maybe some Drake balls <laughs> no they would just be Drake donuts Drake Drake nuts it would be Drake nuts it would be Drake nuts yeah or or maybe they'll give them a crueler the Drake crueler well, or, or the crueler the crueler it kind like the way that the crueler looks it kind of reminds me of his hotline bling sweater like that sort of like yeah you know, you See? Know that, yeah okay so we found an article about someone doing a taste test for us so apparently the the collective agreement the the, the sense of the birthday cake waffle flavor is it's too sweet mm, and i could kind of understand that yeah that, that, that birthday cake that checks out the second flavor that he has or he signed off as a bieber flavor i assume that he must have had some say maybe i don't know chocolate white fudge i think it sounds good but but what is is it is it chocolate and the fudge is white or is it white chocolate i think it's white fudge right so it's chocolate white fudge or would there even be a difference because is it it, is it is it yeah i don't know <laughs> like is it fudge? white chocolate fudge or, i don't know because but but, but the, this review says that it was it's like called it a chocolate adjacent cotton ball that has no flavor <laughs> but how can you possibly have it's chocolate and it's fudge and i assume the whiteness i don't know how you screw i don't know how you screw that up 
yeah, I don't know how, like, if I'll, I'll have to try it for myself. I'm not just going to take this guy's word for it. But, like, you know, he he he, he seems to be quite, uh, it was There's a panel. Of- it wasn't even a guy. It was a panel. So it was multiple <laughs> people came up with this opinion. That, uh, the, that the chocolate white fudge is like a cotton ball. <laughs> has no flavor. It sounds, it sounds delightful, but. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the, the third and final flavor came in the form of sour cream chocolate chip now they tim tim hortons already has like a sour cream timbit which is quite good it's quite super sweet i've had it before i I like it Mm -hmm. so now you're just basically adding chocolate chips to it which yeah i I could see that one and i think it's the article says it's it's received well by all yeah however then it goes on to say the next sentence in the end none of us feel we would get these again It's like the thanks, but no thanks. I'll pass on the Bieber balls. Yeah, I'm. I'm more interested. Yeah, I'd be way more. I. I. I could. I could die a happy man never having a, a Tim Bieb. But I'm way more interested in the merch. That's the moral of both stories. Is the the interesting move that Tim Hortons is making doing this collab with Justin Bieber, right? Mm-hmm. You and I both said at, at the top, this is not catering to the person sitting in Timmins who goes to a Timmy's every day and gets the same thing. Uh, this is about growing the brand. And this was taking a huge, bold move because I couldn't think of other than like hockey players, like white hockey players, like what other endorsements? And that's not even a collaboration. That's like what Sidney Crosby driving a Zamboni through the uh, drive-thru. Like, that's yeah, about yeah. it. But they, they don't have a Sid the Kid donut or Sid the Kid cruller or fritter. No, 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 nothing like that. Um, yeah, I think this is... I can't think of a time when they named a food item after, like, a, in that sort of collaboration. It's mostly just been endorsements, just standard endorsements. Yeah, we've been talking about it at work, right? Because like we've written business stories on this, and and uh, it was funny because the Toronto Star had an had an article about sort of criticizing or questioning the decision to do this collaboration, saying like, you know, are are they going away from their core business? Are they going away from their core demographic? And it's like that demographic is always going to be there. Uh, regardless of whether or not they do something with with Justin Bieber, but like you know, Tim Hortons is trying to push internationally. Like they're they're growing their business in the United States. They're they've been opening up stores in England. When I was there with my when I was in uh, Madrid with my wife, they had a few locations in Madrid. In in all those places, Justin Bieber is very well known. But he's also very Canadian. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, and, 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 you know, a kind of a, and through this merch, like it kind of appeals to a younger, a younger crowd. So, so to me, like it's, it just, it's a no brainer, right? Like it just makes sense. Yeah. They're not, they're not marketing to us, to us and or the older people that know Tim Hortons that will always be loyal to Tim Hortons. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's going to be like, nobody's going to stop going to Tim Hortons because of this. Oh, you please. Know? <laughs> like, like if, if all, all it can do is help the help sort of awareness of the brand. Now, whether or not, you know, they, they, the, they realize an increase, you know, that, that, that sort of makes the 
I'm sure, considerable economic outlay to get Bieber involved in this. Whether or not that comes to pass, I guess, remains to be seen. But, you know, they're, they're definitely, you know, just through this merch, like we're talking, we've been talking about it for 15 minutes, you know, like. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing is, it's, it's, you're right. It's about growing it internationally. Right? Yeah. The, these commer- the, the, this, these donuts and this merch, sure, they're going to aim at young Canadian kids, but they're aiming at the Americans. They're aiming at, at international markets that Tim Hortons is trying to open franchises at. Yeah, like, you know, like you know, it's a, it's. I don't know if it's like technically a Canadian company. I don't know who who's the parent company now, but like it's a Canadian brand. Let's start leveraging some of our star power. You know, we got tons of stars here in Canada. Let's start leveraging that star power. So. Let me ask you something, Curtis. If you were in that boardroom, who do you think were the acts that actually got denied that they probably could have uh, brought up instead of Justin Bieber? Now, we said Drake because Drake's Drake's probably too busy for, for that or, or whatever. But what other Canadian stars could have been in that spot with Bieber? Well, we already talked about Anne Murray. You think um, the, Anne, the Anne Murray fritter? <laughs> No, because, no, but we're talking about the, we're talking the, about with this kind of a push going for a younger demographic. Um, I, I've I've got one that 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 probably didn't leave the boardroom. That maybe maybe it might have gotten onto the whiteboard, the marketer's whiteboard, and it immediately got crossed out. Is Nickelback? Oh yeah, could have mm-hmm. had the Nickelback balls. The Nickelback balls. You know, Nickelback, Nickelback should loan its name to like one of those low budget beers, like one of those bucket beer loggers. <laughs> like, like Lake. That'd be perfect. Was it? What's the one in Niagara? Is it Lake? Is it- like uh, Lakeport or Laker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of those. I think it's Laker, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do you think? Do, I, I know he he passed away and all, but do you think if uh, if Neil was still around, they'd do like uh, uh, Ass Rush? You know, international international act. Well, R- right. Rush has loaned its name to some beers um, in uh, uh, Henderson's Brewery, a, a, a Toronto microbrewery, has uh, has done these um, these these Rush themed uh, golden ales. So it's a oh, golden okay. can, and it's got like the 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 Starman or whatever logo on it, and it's pretty good beer. And apparently, apparently. Getty and Alex were involved, quote unquote, uh, involved. I don't know how, I know what kind of a say they had in the brewing process, but it sold really well. I actually got, uh, I hope he's not listening. I got my brother-in-law for Christmas a, a couple of glasses, like uh, like with the, oh. the logo and stuff like that. And uh, and then they came out with like a limited edition, like really expensive beer mm. with the exit stage left uh, album cover on it. But but what about what about for Tim Hortons? It, it, they they could have had the twenty one twelve sandwich, the twenty one twelve breakfast sandwich. Yeah, what would, what would what would be in the twenty one twelve breakfast sandwich? I don't um, know what what would Ayn Rand would have in her breakfast sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Fountain head fresh avocado, <laughs> maybe. But uh, yeah, you know, appeal. To the uh, appeal to the crowd, right? Um, I want to go like on they, to our they next. Did, they did have they did have Sean Mendez in an ad once, but oh, okay, yeah, they could go a step further and they could have like a Mendez a Mendez themed item, like a like a like a, like a Mendez latte or something like that. 
Okay. I, I get you. I'm feeling it. I'm yeah, feeling it. Maybe the weekend, get the weekend in there somehow. But but you know, they're 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 relevant relevant relationships for Tim Hortons and what they plan to do and, and try to get more people engaged. Yeah, it makes sense to have to have a to have a Canadian like a a celebrity who identifies as Canadian, you know, and uh I'm sure like in Stratford, like when he was a kid, he probably had Tim Hortons all the time. So, you know, like I think he I think like there's an honest, it's an honest collaboration. Yeah. Um, another collaboration, uh, recently Toronto Oak and Ontario, or I think it was more all of Canada, okayed the vaccines for five and 11 year olds. So in hopes of kind of putting the kids at ease, um, the city of Toronto did things like giving up balloons, some Lego toys, uh, what uh, support animals that they could pet and meet, like, you know, dog. Uh, one thing they didn't hit the mark and they obviously didn't read the market like they did with the Bieber balls. Um, Pokeroo mm-hmm. showed up to a uh, vaccine clinic. That that uh, that 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 very in your face relevant to twenty twenties icon, Pokeroo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. With with the intention of you know getting more kids five to eleven to show up. Now you and I are both late stage forties. We know who Pokeroo is. Maybe if Pokeroo showed up to one of uh, my clinics that I went to, I I would have went and shook his hand, but. You know who 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 that you and I know who Pokeroo is. You know who doesn't know Pokeroo? Five and eleven year olds. And and I think you need to be introduced to Pokeroo as a as a benevolent individual on the show because if you just saw him with no context, he's kind of frightening. Like it looks like he's got like a lot of skin lesions, right? Like if you don't know what the polka dot door is and realize that those are supposed to be like thematic, thematic those circles all over his, you'd be like, "What is is he? What does he have there? What you know that it looks like he's riddled with basal cell carcinomas." Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he, he like Pokeru, I guess, wear is wearing a smock or or a mumu, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's got like a like he's definitely got a cape because you can see the the drawstrings. So, polka dot door. It, you know, it, it was on when we were kids. What was it? Nineteen seventy one to two thousand. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know Pokeroo was a kangaroo. Yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> if that's what a kangaroo is supposed to look like, that's a. But but yeah, these poor kids have no idea who this is, except it's just like this person dressed up and kind of scary. Like if you're gonna go down that rabbit hole of inviting poker pokeru, maybe maybe uh maybe Howdy Doody was too busy. Yeah, I mean Or Gumby. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You might yeah, why not why not invite the uh the friendly giant and, and yeah. Rusty and Jerome? Or 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 even go further down the rabbit hole and say, Okay, all we have left is Pokeru and the three stooges. Yeah. Or get or get like a or get like a a, a a children's like a children's icon from a different country like Naughty. <laughs> they could have brought Caillou, we could, right? That would have been even more relevant. Actually, yeah. even to a five and eleven year old, do five and eleven year olds watch Caillou? 
I don't know. What, or what about Patrol, Arthur? Like? What about Arthur? Is he still around? Is he still a thing? Uh, I'm 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 sure. The Teletubbies, <sighs> they still exist. Uh, Jeez, uh, Curtis, <laughs> you know more about the kids' cartoons than I do. I just know Paw Patrol and uh, Aquanauts, right? They could have brought the Aquanauts. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was that was a fun one. Yeah. Um, one one small story, but this is more kind of discussion for you and I. But we'll we'll bring it up. Apparently, there are, uh, CBC Ottawa released a list of eighteen words that I don't. The, the, I guess the point of the article is just basically, hey, maybe you should stop using these words, people. So I don't know if there's like a lot of some finger finger wagging going on in this article from Ottawa CBC. Now, there are some words on this list that both you and I agreed. Yeah, yeah, don't use it anymore. But you and I want to talk about a few that were on the list that we were kind of questioning or we weren't even sure about. So some of them are like gypped. Like that one's been known for a while. Grandfathered in, sold down the river. Uh, spooky. I knew the negative connotation for the word spook, but I didn't know spooky itself came from the same origins. But uh, but you and I both looked at this list and we said, okay, one of the things, not a word, but a phrase that we should stop using is first world problem. Yeah, they, they said uh, uh, because it can be classist. Um, but the whole point about first world problem is to point out the ridiculousness of, of 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 calling your problem a problem. So yeah, it's 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 classist, but in a way that that ridicules sort of like the the upper classes. I've always thought, yeah, um, like I don't and, and, I don't see how it de it like I don't see how it dehumanizes, um, other people. I think it just to me it makes fun of. It makes it makes fun yeah, of how of how up their own arses like. Yeah, you're you're making you're making you're making fun of the country and the people who live in a country that has wealth and privilege. Yeah. Now, I mean, I guess I would have. I get. I, I mean, you know, I'm I'm saying that as somebody who lives in such a country. I guess like I would have to go and and have like an honest conversation with people and ask them if they find it. You know. You know, people who who are who are you know not in a privileged you know sort of Western country or whatever, and ask them if they find it offensive. But I just don't see it. Like I just don't see the like some of the some of these words that you're talking about are like yeah, absolutely. You can see you can you can see the 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 history of the word and 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 how it was originally used and mm-hmm. um you know. And then how it how it was sort of like I guess legitimized, but like for some people it's probably still a very problematic word. And those are those are words that you know we should look at, at not using. I just don't see it in this case. Yeah. Uh, the other one, the well, we'll lump the three Bs together, and that is brainstorm, blindsided, and blind spot. So obviously limitation of sight well, just for the last two the limitation of sight is what the last two basically talks about brainstorm i'm not too sure about why that one would be offensive of any kind i guess the article talks about that 
using the term brainstorm could also be insensitive to those that who have brain injuries or are neurodiverse. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, because brainstorm is just is obviously just like, you know, like like putting a bunch of thoughts to paper, you know, you know, or come, come, you know, coming up with ideas really quickly or whatever. That's right. Like unstructured. Yeah. Just just I, get it down. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't I don't see I, I, I don't I don't see it. Like, I guess I'd have to I'd have to get it. You know, someone would have to maybe if if, if there is somebody who is a insult, insulted or offended by brainstorm, I guess, you know, I, I would have to hear it from them. But uh, like like s- seems to me in this article, like these people are just think think that people might be offended by them. They don't know that people are offended by some of these terms. So they're making the decisions for them, right? Like or, in the case or of for us, storm, or, or and for us, yeah, yeah. Like I'd rather hear, I'd rather hear from from somebody who's been like personally impacted by these words and said, like, hey, you know, I know, I know that, like, you know, you've been using, you know, for example, brainstorm, you know, it's become part of the lexicon, but like, what what gets glossed over is, you know, how how it impacts, you know people like me or, or, or something like that. And then, you know, I'd be like, Oh yeah, geez, I never thought of that. And I would, I'll, I, I will not use that word again, but I think okay. somebody just telling me that somebody might be offended by the word brainstorm and then telling me not to use it just seems without even having the discussion. I don't know. That just seems so heavy. The, 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 the final one I want to talk about, which apparently should be replaced with more appropriate words like, Musically disinclined, like that rolls off the tongue. Um, the term tone deaf. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And t- like tone. When I think of tone deaf, I think more of like like it, it seems the connotation I, I hear that used in more often now is like not being able to read a room, you know, or that's right. Know, yeah. Uh, that kind yeah. of thing. So um, maybe maybe the person reading the article is musically disinclined. Could be, could be, yeah. could be. I think, I think you know. I, I mean, I think it's always interesting with the. I think like it's always interesting with these, these when these sort of things come up because like there are there are words, there are and there are things that 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 we sort of like use in our everyday life that we we could, we could probably reflect and change. Um, and uh, I'm certainly not one of these people who would who 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 gets riled up about political correctness gone amok and all that kind of stuff. But then also part of the conversation is saying like I don't know, I I, I think we I think brainstorm might be an overreach here. You're right because a lot of these other words, the words that we didn't mention that yeah maybe we should we it's a good we can see why they're not used because there's history in the origin of using that term. I don't know if brainstorm originally came from mocking someone with any type of neurological or mental illness. I don't think so. Like, you know, just just given what it means, it means sort of like using your brain to the best of its capacity. Right. And, and, and coming up with ideas really quickly, like, I don't know. It just well, it, it's it seems it seems to be kind of like a positive thing, but yeah, yeah. 
Well, if somebody if somebody can tell me if somebody can prove differently to me, I'm you know obviously I I, I would listen. But this article doesn't seem to do that. Like they're they're reasoning behind it in this article compared to other articles where they actually go and and explain the history of the term, and you can see you know where where it came from, like a racist place or a prejudiced place. This is just like guessing that somebody might. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Another. Two, two more stories I want to kind of bring up. No specific headlines, just because they've just been in the news like crazy. Omnicron. <laughs> Not a Transformer. <laughs> no, that's that's Unicron. That's right? you. That Orson Welles' by, last or, role. His last role. Yep. <laughs> that's what I thought. I went, isn't that Orson Welles? And I had to look it up. And, oh, no, it was Unicron. Okay, <laughs> so Omnicron. It's, uh, yeah, we've had... Delta, so that's D. So this is the O in the Greek alphabet. So you got to think about how many were in between D to O. Yeah, I don't think it's time to panic and bash each other's heads in and eat the goo inside. I don't think, Curtis. No, I mean, there. I mean, you know, every time there's a variant, I guess this is just sort of like the the expected reaction is people are going to get scared or, or whatever. Are the vaccines going to be effective against it? All that kind of stuff. But yeah, I yeah. think like you have to wait until the data is in i i did see some you know the the internet is just rife with the backlash just you know people freaking out because they heard about omnicron showing up and then oh my god they're gonna lock us down again and blah 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 and people freaking out about masks and because people were hoping that certain mass mandates would get lifted right away and and they were like oh i'm not gonna wear a mask anymore and it's just like I think the masks out of everything that we've been doing, you know, maybe not the vaccines, but the mask mandates probably been the one thing that's kind of held the held it at bay. Probably one of the more effective things, I would think. Mm-hmm. I, and the washing of the hands and cleansing of all that, uh, that I never I, I'm glad that kind of went away to the, the hyper cleansing thing. Mm-hmm. But the masks, it's like, guys, just wear the mask. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's when, not it's not a, it's not a Nickelback T-shirt. Like, wear the mask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once they figured out that it was like the transmission was was airborne, and they could you could yeah, you could stop worrying about sanitizing your hands every five seconds. Yeah, the the mask continued to make sense. Would you wear? Would you continue wearing the mask or wear the Nickelback T-shirt? Uh, can't I wear both? Oh, how about a Nickelback mask? I would wear an. I would wear a Nickelback. I would wear the hell out of a Nickelback mask. <laughs> Nickelback getting so much airplay on the podcast today. Who knew? Canadian, Canadian, Canadian icons. Yep. So another big story everyone's freaking out over it is the Disney Plus Beatles documentary Get Back. Mm-hmm. Um, you have not seen it yet, but you're obviously well aware of the myth that the rock myth that came out of the the sessions that um, the Beatles had writing uh, Let It Be and the band broke up after that album. And they knew that was going to be the the all end all last movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into anything specifically, but the one th- I'll note a few things from the documentary that I saw. I've only seen part one. And oh, by the way, there's like, I don't know how many parts, but it's a lot of footage. The age of the Beatles. Now, obviously, if you're a hardcore Beatle fans, you would have known. But this is something I, I, I consider myself a casual Beatles fan. I, I, I like the Beatles. I didn't realize how young they were. 
Like John and Ringo were 29. Paul was 27 and George were 25 was 25. Very young guys back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Like, holy smokes. And you realize how good Paul was at going into, I don't know, whatever artistic ether and pulling music back from it. Um, that, that's one kind of takeaway. Uh, another takeaway from the band um, Ringo. Yeah, he's like constantly stoned throughout the whole sessions. He, he was just, <laughs> in, just coming around for the ride. George is interesting. George is probably comes out looking the weirdest out of all yeah. of them. Yeah. There's this weird, there's this thing about George and his facial hair. Like if he shows up to the to the to the session or the day and he's kind of unkept, he he's 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 in a very foul mood. But then if he's like clean cut, he's like in a great mood and he's engaging and he's with the yeah. guys. It's it's kind of funny. <laughs> the John and Yoko thing, obviously that that's that's in rock legend, right? Yeah, you know the the myth of Yoko breaking up breaking the Beatles. Man, she didn't say a single word. She just sat there. She's like opening her mail, doing art. I don't know what else she's doing. Like, I don't know, arranging her business cards. <laughs> she, she, it's not like um, Spinal Tap and St. Hubbins, his wife, who joins them on tour. Right. Yeah. In fact, and, she and takes has, over. She, she takes over as the manager, doesn't she? Yeah. From, from Ian Faith. <laughs> That's right. So um, it, it, it's not like that. She's, she never engages with the rest of the band while they're doing their thing. Like she's just sitting there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, almost like a. I think John needed her as a support because I think he was also going through like a weird, you know, whoa time for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, yeah. And also at that time, Ringo was filming the Magic Christian with Peter Sellers, which, by the way, is a fantastic movie. You gotta <laughs> go find it, Curtis. Go find it. Watch it. <laughs> It's this bizarre story of Peter Sellers, eccentric millionaire, billionaire, just, you know, just seems unlimited resources. And he adopts Ringo Starr as an adult, right? Not Ringo Starr, but Ringo Starr plays this yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. And the re- remainder of the movie is basically them just sh- showing the ridiculousness of what people will do for money. <laughs> really that's, that's that's the movie <laughs> uh go like, check it out I, I really like the sound of it oh yeah because it, it's 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 and it's peter sellers that i think he also had i don't think he says anything but there's like a little like he shows up to the studio because i think where they were first um the first couple of days or first week they were at similar studio to or adjacent to the studio where they were filming uh magic christian Right, right. And I think that's why Ringo can do both at the same time. So that's the headlines. Um, get back. Well, if, if you're a music fan, I think go check it out because I think you'd enjoy kind of watching that whole creative process of, you know, the greatest band that's ever come up in it. It is quite amazing watching these guys, these young guys um, create this music um, from, you know, where from where they were. One thing off to close off the holiday special uh, uh, show is the um, latest Marvel Disney Plus offering, which is Hawkeye. It's their holiday show, right? It 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 runs down towards the Christmas holiday started American Thanksgiving. So the first three episodes are already out right now, Curtis. Each episode, so like 24, 
um, well, unlike similar to 24, each episode represents a day. So this is like six days for Hawkeye to get back or Clint to get back to his family for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And now this, he's got trapped into this adventure with Kate Bishop. Um, I'm enjoying it so far. You, 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 you and I both seen the first episode because yeah. there's just been a lot of things going on, but uh, it's, it's kind of fun and it, 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 so far, the pacing is uh, not too bad. I, I've I, I've actually seen the second episode. So, um, with six episodes, they 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 there's no there's no messing around, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. I I was a big fan of the the Hawkeye. Was it Matt Fraction? Was that the writer of those Hawkeye comics? Like that that this story seems to be loosely based on. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really really uh like quite funny and, and uh, um, fairly self-deprecating. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I, th- I thought, uh, I thought the first episode was, was pretty good. I know it's got, got kind of mixed reviews cause you know, uh, you know, so, some, some reviewers liked it. Some reviewers thought it was too slow. I thought that there was actually quite a bit of, uh, you know, quite a bit of action in it. And uh and I love the Rogers musical. Oh my god! The, the, the song "I Could Do This All Day." Yeah, is that, was that the was that the name of the song? Yeah, I could do this all day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I, I love and, the and, fact and that Ant Man the- they 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 retcon it so that Ant Man is 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 at the the fight with the Chitari in in New York, which uh, which Clint points out to his daughter. Yeah, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 I love is the fact that the uh, for the Hulk it's just some dude in a green hoodie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The costumes are pretty bad. Like even Iron Man, he just kind of looks like he looks like Tony. He, he looks like Tony Stark, you know, with the glasses, sunglasses, and the beard. But he doesn't have like a suit of armor on. But he, but I guess he's got a shirt that's got the arc reactor in it. Yeah, that's right. Oh. It, it's just like this tri- shirt with a triangle. It's it's yeah, it's yeah. quite fantastic. Yeah. Um. Uh. I I I I would say it. I would call it unfair for the pacing because we have to start learning about Kate and where Kate came from. Mm-hmm. Right. We know who Clint is and why he's doing and why he's in Chris. Why he's in town. And that that's that's great, but. It, they needed some time to introduce the Kate character. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, she gets herself into, so spoilers from here. So she gets herself in trouble by snooping around the um, like a high society party. And they, they discover, she discovers this, um, I guess, underground auction. And some of the stuff uh, that they were showing were, were coming from the Avengers compound during Endgame, and one of them was uh, Clint's Ronin costume and sword. I didn't realize the blade was retractable. That was really cool. Yeah, I didn't either. And then there's something about a watch, which seems to be the mystery, right? Yes. Because um, yeah, they really want the wa- the. There's like a Russian like tracksuit mob that breaks in and really wants the watch. Yeah. Which is funny because I had to I had to explain to 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 Liz and and Calm that 
you know that's that's actually a marvel comic thing there is this gang called the 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 the, the tracksuit mafia or yeah, tracksuit yeah. mob so <laughs> they they didn't believe me i said yeah i know yeah that that's it, i think it'll, i think it'll be fun i, I think it's that the tone is gonna be funny they, they have to kind of keep it christmasy as well in a way so we'll we'll see how it turns out yeah i i assume that based upon the ending of black widow that we will see yelena in the show yeah i is, think is that a given i think she's guaranteed to be in there like i, th- or I thought anyway that she had been uh cast uh, to okay be in that show yeah i guess other things to look for for the holiday season that disney's offering uh there's the nothing's come out of it not even any marketing so i'm wondering if it's actually going to make it on time is the guardians of the galaxy holiday special right yeah i i would have thought like i know I, I, that you know the, the main shows are going to be pushed but i just thought it was really it's just there's no there's no hype for it whatsoever but it's got to come out sometime in the next. It's 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 it, it got pushed back. I thought I heard heard about that. And yeah, it got pushed back to December twenty twenty two. Oh, okay, okay. So it's it's not happening this this Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yep, yep. I, I I'm confirming it now. December twenty twenty two. Okay, so it's not happening uh, this holiday season. So, uh, but right after Hawkeye ends, we begin the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Which, again. Jury is still out whether or not I'm going to fully enjoy this one, but I'm going to go in with a open mind. <laughs> um, but this Christmas also is um, uh, No Way Home. Uh, yeah, which um, I think uh, has uh, like a lot of people are very interested in that because like now, now we've, you know, the rumors were that, you know, the villains from the other Spider-Man universes were going to be in this. Then they confirmed Doc Ock. Now they've confirmed, you know, Liz- Lizard and, and Sandman, Electro. And, yeah, you see, Jay- you see, um, oh, uh, oh, I should know his name. Uh, you know, the, the, who plays Electro? Uh, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, that's right. Yeah. Oh, can't believe I... Um, yeah, Green Goblins in it. So, so now the thing is, and this is going to be, I'm going to try to avoid any spoilers before I see it because the question is whether or not Toby Maguire and or Andrew Garfield actually show up as Spider Man from the other universes. They've kept that fairly close to the to the vest. I think people really want it to happen. Whether or not it happens, we'll we'll see. But uh, I, I was I, I I I've seen that too. I'm really surprised that people want it that badly to see the Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess people just kind of like I, I guess is it the people that grew up with those yeah. those movies? Yeah. Is it, is, is oh, that, yeah, is that, yeah, I think so. I don't think yeah, I don't I don't think people who sort of like cut their teeth on the Tom Holland Spider-Man and then maybe went back and watched the other ones are as would be as keen for that. But like, you know, for me you know, I loved those, the first two anyway, those Tobey Maguire movies, like, the, mm-hmm. like you know, especially the, the second one I thought was so good. And so for me, it would be pretty cool. And I've only, I've only seen the, the first Andrew Garfield one. Um, I, 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 to tell you the truth, I don't think I've seen any of the Andrew Garfield ones. It's not bad. It's not bad. Um, 
Is that the one case? Okay, because that is Kirsten Dunst plays MJ in the Tobey Maguire ones. Right. And is it Emma Stone? Yes. Or is it? Yeah. Emma Stone plays Gwen Stacy. Oh, she plays Gwen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know me. I, I, I don't like putting things in like we're getting into star wars territory by bringing those guys back in uh but hey they brought uh what's his face to play uh uh peter in uh wandavision and that worked mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well well because well, he doesn't that, really that play was, that was teasing the multiverse right when they brought yeah. him in to play quicksilver uh is teasing the multiverse and then so i don't i don't mind seeing those guys in uh, in the Spider-Man movie, just because it's it's the multiverse, right? Like that's a big, it's a big Marvel concept. So you can kind of, I mean, they'll use it for MacGuffins all the time, right? To bring people back from the dead. Somebody died in this universe. Well, no, that person's now been taken from another universe and is now in the main universe kind of thing. You'll see a lot of that. Black Widow, probably. Um, but, uh, uh, but, you know, because the multiverse is, is such a, a big, sort of long-standing concept in in marvel i mean i guess in dc as well with the infinite earths or whatever but uh you know i i i think that might be a fun way to 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 do it is like have have like the those franchises cross over and it just it, it just was was uh something i would never have predicted being possible like a few years ago you know yeah but i i, I wouldn't want Toby Maguire or Andrew Garfield to stick around beyond that. You know what no, I mean? No, 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 <laughs> no. Like it would be just for that, you know, sort of thing. But um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I don't know when it comes out, but the one I'm really looking forward to is the is the uh, the, the Miles Morales uh, uh, into the Spider Verse sequel the, that uh, the animated uh, Spider Man movie. Which I thought was fantastic. Mm. Yeah, it, it it's uh, it's another twenty twenty two. Yeah, it seems twenty twenty two might be the year for like a lot of a lot of this stuff. Oh, I see that uh, Haley Steinfeld is also casted in it. So looks like Kate Bishop will show up in that uh, in that animated series. She's lending her voice back to it, I guess. Oh. Could be. Oh no, no, she's the voice of Gwen oh, Stacy. She's the voice of Gwen, right, right. Oh, well then there you go. Look at that. Double duty in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Yeah, in the uh in the Sony the Sony Marvel universe and the Oh boy. Well, geez Curtis, looks like we're at the end of our rope here for uh our holiday special. Um it's been another great year for the podcast as well. We we went uh, another full year. Uh, we're almost at episode fifty, if you can imagine. That. Oh wow! I think uh, we'll 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 leak into that. So Curtis and I will be taking a small break. We'll be back in the new year, kind of again, give ourselves a, a refresh, recharge. I encourage everyone to go back to the vaults, maybe pull out an older episode, maybe go back and listen to last year's. Christmas special. That was a pretty good one. We had uh, Moxman on as a guest. Uh, MTG Moxman was telling us his prediction for big Christmas gifts and the state of Magic the Gathering. That's right. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's 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 quite amazing. So for anyone listening uh, that's looking for more to listen to or can't wait for us to come back in January, uh, yeah, go back to the vaults, pull out some of those older episodes throughout this uh, 20, 21 year. It's it's uh it's it's amazing. So any thoughts, Curtis, on closing out twenty twenty one? Uh yeah, it wasn't the year I expected it to be. Um, I guess like coming out of 2020 i think i think we all thought 2021 was going to be pretty was was going to be pretty fresh was going to you know a lot of a lot of uh we're going to put the the virus behind us and all this kind of stuff and yeah, it turned out to be kind of a bit of a a bit of a letdown in that sense so you know i was glad that we had the podcast <laughs> that's right and you know i i, I and and for those listening hopefully we've Giving you uh, some escape time. Sit down with the two high-functioning geeks uh, as we dish out our pop culture, or as we as we flex our pop culture knowledge and be able to put it in everyday conversation. Uh, so, thanks for listening to this episode, and thanks for listening throughout the year. But you can catch Curtis and I uh, mostly on weekly, but we'll be back in january on spotify apple podcast and google podcast and if you're on apple podcast give us a little comment a little rating always helps people find us and you know share the podcast around maybe you have a friend who likes jane austen and wants to um, scream at us for all the incorrect things we said, but. we're gonna we're gonna be spinning this podcast off into a jane into a jane austen based format that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna be uh bi-weekly right larry yeah yeah well, we're gonna call it capital <laughs> yeah that's right capital, capital. <laughs> <laughs> so remember to build up that awesome uh christmas playlist that curtis and i suggested go get yourself some bieber balls and uh spend some time quality time with uh family and loved ones this holiday season and just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber we send you from the land where palm trees sway here we know that christmas will be green and bright the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Malakilikimaka is the wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Malakilikimaka is the